Welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with the A.B. Corker Foundation for Mental Health. We are your co-hosts, Bridget and Terry. Each week, through intimate, candid conversations with guests, we explore different perspectives on and experiences of depression. We keep it real because the illness is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. We are not experts or therapists. We're sisters and best friends who live with depression and have interviewed hundreds of others who do as well. By sharing stories of lived experiences, we expose depression for the lying bully that it is. Hi, this is Terry. If you have listened to this podcast before, you know that this is the part where my sister Bridget and I greet each other and talk about the episode's guest and topic. Today is the official beginning of a change in that routine. After more than five years of co-hosting Giving Voice to Depression, Bridget is stepping down. You don't need to worry about her. She's not sick or depressed or anything. She's been thinking about this for a while and decided that this is the time for her to move on and commit more time to her other jobs and responsibilities. Before she left, though, I wanted to ask her about the experience of co-hosting a mental health podcast, of talking so openly and regularly about topics that are often, too often, stigmatized and considered taboo, even for us before we started. Our own families our siblings, partners, and children didn't know we have depression. It's not that we were consciously keeping it secret. I think it just never really occurred to either one of us that talking about our mental health struggles might actually help us manage them. So today and next week, you're going to hear two sisters turned mental health advocates talk about what they've learned about our hundreds of guests and about ourselves. Here now is my amazing and deeply loved little sister and former co-host, Bridget, giving her voice to depression. All right, so as we record, we have 311 episodes, and you are probably, other than me, the only person in the world who has heard all 311. <laughs> and heard and heard and heard and heard. Exactly. <laughs> Listened to, commented on, helped write, did some of the interviews for... And I'm just curious, when you think back on everything we've learned, after hearing all those interviews, after hearing all those people's stories, it's like, huh, now I understand this about depression. Oh, I don't know if it's one thing. That's a big question. Oh, it doesn't um, have to be. There are many takeaways. Let's hear them. When we started out our first um, opening statement for our first couple seasons, you know, we, we shot out a number of how many people had mm -hmm. depression. 300 million. And we always said, that's not just a number, those are people. Mm -hmm. And that distinction is just absolutely ginormous and was our obvious, you know, number one motivation for doing this was that these are people, we are people, and we're people who aren't talking, and we're people who are in seclusion and isolation, and we're people who are hurting, and we're people who are faking it and acting like we're not, and we're people who don't have a clear trajectory on um, how to face it and how to challenge it and how to wrestle with it. You know, it's such a circuitous path and such a uh, different path for everyone. 
we often say that depression is different for everyone. And, and I always say, and okay is different for everyone. You know, being okay is a different manifestation for everyone. Some people are high energy, some people are not. Like, so that was a quantum shift, right? To go from the number to the people. Yes. But now those people have names for me. Interesting. I didn't have a whole lot of people in my little world and, and I am an introvert, believe it or not. So my world is sort of small. And, you know, I, not that I don't have people in my life who struggle with um, repeatedly and ongoingly with mental health issues. I do, don't get me wrong. But now there are 311 people that I feel kind of intimate with. And they have um, allowed, you know, us to potentially hear their story for the very first time, which even as I say, I choke oh, up. I know. What an honor. I what know. a tremendous um, yeah. honor. There's really no other word for it. Um, that act of bravery and courage and trust, because not only are they coming out, if you will, but then they hand it to us and we do what we do with it. And, and we have earned that trust, I think. And again, just, wow, what a, what a, just thank you is really all I want to say. Like, wow, wow, wow. What a, what a job we have. What a responsibility we have. What an honor this is. How important this is. How hard this is. How heavy this can be. But to have that number turn into Bob and Abe and Jennifer and, you know, all of these people that now they're part of our lives, you know, in, in, a, in a way. Absolutely. And I, I think about them. I think, oh, I hope, you know, so-and-so is doing okay. You know, I hope I know this yes. is a hard time of year for him. Or, you know, I don't pretend I have all 300 people's anniversaries of their something traumatic in their life in my head. But I'm very aware, you know, that, that they shared, as you said, a piece of themselves with us. And then Next Level Trust said, here, now take what I said and, um, you know, and edit it and, and distribute yep. it to a world that can be very harsh. Yes. And it, it, it is, yeah, all those words you used, it, heavy and inspirational and an mm. honor. It's, it's all of those things at once. And it has been a journey. Absolutely. Five plus years. Yeah. And when we started this, Terry, I know it sounds, um, you know, maybe even like everyone says it. Again, I use that word cliche a lot, I think. But trite, I guess, is really where I'm at. You know, when we said if we could change one person's trajectory, yep. you know, if we could make one person whatever, fill in the blank, not feel alone, uh, not attempt, not whatever, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And we know the, the vast spectrum of what that blank can be filled with. Right. But I think... I shouldn't say that. I know that we've had almost three quarters of a million listens. More than And that. some of those might be repeat people because people have shared with us that they do listen more than once, particularly when they don't want to be alone. They put their headphones on and they're with us. We've had people tell us they've flown across the country listening to us nonstop, walking through the airport, sitting on the plane, everything. Mm -hmm. We've had people tell us that they listen to us for eight-hour shifts and driving home. And to I fall mean, asleep. To, to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow. And, and we know because people have reached out and said that, that because of something that they heard or knowing that we were there or knowing that they weren't alone as a result of hearing these shared experiences, that they didn't take their lives that, that night. Yeah. It's just, 
it's it's humbling it's powerful it's um it's an it's been an amazing journey i've learned so much you've taught me so much um you know this is more your world <laughs> to say the least than mine you know i had to get a microphone and i had to learn how to use the computer even though i still haven't really learned how to <laughs> use the computer you've been so gracious in kind of um uh, you know, as always, Terry, as in every, oh, now I'm going to cry. You all right there? You always take my hand and lead me. No, I'm going to cry. Stop it. No, I wouldn't have done this without you. I told you that in the beginning. It was my idea. Oh, great. Now, listen, we're both talking like this. Um, <laughs> I sound like Kermit or something. Oh, my goodness. But I, you know, I wanted to do this. I believed I should do this. And I don't use that word very often because I hate the word. But um, I did do believe I was supposed to do this. And I didn't want to do it alone. And I, it was like, my little sister will do it with me. So it was, uh, yeah, thank you. Because I wouldn't have kept doing it. That reminds me, I won't get into the details of what it was about, but when I was about 16 or something, you made a phone call to me about some family matter. And before you told me what it was, you said, say yes. And I was like, all right, you know, she's asking, I'll say yes. Little did I know. But fast forward yeah. um, to this offer. <laughs> I was. You know, and you were like, say yes. Say yes and then do it every week for five years. And I was like, oh, Okay. Thanks. I appreciate it as well. Way out of my comfort zone. But for that, I appreciate you too. And and I want to just go back to something you said before, because there has not been a minute in this uh, project, in this mission, in this resource that either one of us has said, because of us, you know, someone has blank. It's uh-uh. it's the stories. It's the guests. Because if you and I were just talking, I mean, well, they're going to find out with this episode how different it would have been than a real episode. Um you know, it's the vulnerability and it's the resilience and it's the willing to say how far down you went and how hard you fought to climb out that gives someone else the understanding and belief that they can do the same. And that has nothing to do with us. We're the, we're the what they say, messengers. We're the messengers. Yeah, we're the microphone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, no, definitely no right. ego involved right. in it for either one of us. So if I asked, well, I'm going to ask, I don't know why I would preface it like that. Name some things you know about depression now as a result of having done this that you didn't know before. Well, that's an interesting question because even though I've experienced it episodically, I don't think that I ever called it that, related to it like that, looked up the symptoms. I didn't, you know, I didn't Google it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know much, you know, even though I had experienced it because I had hook, line and sinker swallowed the whole experience as me. Ditto. So I think the big thing is that um, uh, is the word objectivity or subjectivity, that little bit of space between that internal reality that visits me repeatedly, having a name, having symptoms, realizing it's not really, well, it's not all of me, it's part of me. Uh, it's not always there. It's only partly there. Um, I see now the toll that it takes on the people that live with the people who struggle with depression yeah. and the caregivers. Yeah. I just see how it is not a linear journey. And I see how every single step of it 
is uncharted, even though it's well-trodden. Hmm. It's not, it's not linear. It's, you know, who, who do I go to therapy? Does my insurance cover therapy? Is this the right therapist for me? Can I get in? Are they accepting people? You know, is there a connection there that's really going to help me? Or am I just is this a waste of my time and money as well? Should I go on meds? Which med? Which doctor? How much? The dosage? Should I go off of them? Should I adjust them? Uh, you know, is it time to think about getting help even more than that? Is it time to tell somebody more about my reality, which I personally waited a way too long for? Oh, my goodness. Oh, You're not alone, hon. Way, yeah. way too long. It didn't, you know. And I think part of that wasn't even hiding, or not all of it. It was no. certainly I didn't want to be seen as that. But I I didn't even have the, the space to know that it was like something I could even talk about. Because it just felt like me. Absolutely. I say, I, I don't want to say stupid, but I do. I feel kind of stupid knowing what I know now. That I I had had depression before. I had yep. been on antidepressants before, and when I went into the horrible, long, awful, worst ever one I had that led to this, I didn't name it. I didn't think it was medical. I didn't go to a doctor. I didn't say, oh, crap, it's back. I didn't do anything except go to bed and withdraw and, as you say, hook, line, and sinker. Just bought it all. I am... All of the things it tells us, right? Worthless. Worthless, worthless, worthless. And and you manifest your depression very differently than I do. So I think that, you know, me always looking up to you, it's kind of like, oh, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not that way. You know, I'm not in bed. I'm not tired. I'm not whatever, you know, that's enough of that. But <laughs> it's a very different manifestation. Mm-hmm. And so I think that even like fortified my, you know, my desire maybe or my the reality that I didn't identify with it. Well, I never thought, to be honest, when you were really crabby, that you were <laughs> depressed. I thought I was just, you know, exactly what I thought. And I won't say the word, but it starts with a B and it's kind of itchy. Um, you know, I just was like, what is up with her? You know, I never once thought, oh, I wonder if my sister's experiencing the same mental illness that I do, but has different manifest. I mean, who who thinks like that? Right, right, right. Let's let's use the word negative. I get really, okay. really negative. <laughs> we'll go with negative. And and it and it and in, actually, in our last episode, we were saying um, it was the season in review, and and we took a quote, and it said, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not aware of how blessed and lucky you are. Right. You know, you can be you can be simultaneously aware of and in touch with your blessings mm-hmm. and and in my case still be pervasively negative, which seems like a juxtaposition that shouldn't be able to exist, but it does within me. Cuz it's a symptom of an illness. You would never say because you are blessed because you have a blank. You like to say fill in the blank, you know, a a good partner, a nice living situation, whatever it is. Dogs. Wonderful dogs. Wonderful dogs. You wouldn't have COVID. You wouldn't have cancer. You wouldn't have diabetes. I mean, we wouldn't have that discussion about any other illness. So, of course, you can be grateful and blessed and all of those things and have depression. And it's not all of you. You know, there's still other parts that still exist. You know, I'm still doing my job. I'm still... I'm lucky enough to have always been able to still do my job, I should say. Yeah, I have not been always. So, anything that has surprised you? 
anything that when you talk about what we do and a friend says like, oh, wow, and you go, yeah, and I was really surprised to learn. The pervasiveness of the messaging that, that the voice of depression internally tells most of us mm-hmm. is absolutely the biggest surprise. Because <laughs> had I known it, and now I do know it, I can't honestly say that I'll necessarily remember it or recall it up again when and if my depression resurfaces. But it tells us almost always the same messaging. You know, it just hammers us with these negative internal voices and messages. And they're very, very, very similar. So I'm hoping my fingers are crossed, you know, that when I hear that messaging come through loud and clear repeatedly and incessantly, that finally, maybe this time, I'll actually recognize it for what it is. I hope so too. The voice of depression. And I'll say, aha, it's back. And hopefully I catch that earlier than I've ever caught it because right. I know what I'm looking for now. Right. And the podcast has taught me, you know, that there's just a myriad of ways, none of which are right for everybody, but uh, how to kind of, if you catch it and easier, I think, if you catch it earlier, how to kind of counteract that. Yep. You know, if that's, you know, I'm going to say the E word, uh, if it's exercise, uh, <laughs> if it's... Uh, going out in the sun, if it's watching what I'm eating, if it's watching who I'm hanging out with, you know, if it's some kind of a routine that I need to kind of re-anchor myself in, if it's talking about it. I mean, the the list is we've learned, you know, we call it a toolkit, but that toolkit has a lot of tools in it after 311 episodes. So my hope is I recognize it. I recognize it earlier and that I, once I can put a name to it, I can Sort of, I'm almost, as I'm talking, using too many words to, to, to the image is a scale, you know, that I could put some things on the other side of that scale to kind of weigh it out a little bit and even it out. So Bridget and I will continue our discussion next week. In the meantime, if you would like to leave a message for her, we have a recorder on our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. In the upper left, you'll see a red record widget, and I'm sure she'd appreciate hearing from you after all these years. Thanks for listening. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate your experience of depression, or better understand how to support someone else's. We invite you to join us for daily posts on the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook page and on Twitter and Instagram at Voice Depression. It is a comfort to be among fellow travelers on depression's dark road. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up. If someone else is, listen up.